Hi, you're listening to In The Loop with Oxwash, a podcast where we talk to industry experts about the latest sustainability developments that you need to know about. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the next in our series of the Oxwash podcast, In The Loop. Uh, I'm very excited to have Ryan Robinson here with me uh, to talk about feathers, of all things. Ryan is one of the co-founders of Aeropowder, a UK-based startup that has been inspired by the circular economy to create Plumo, the world's first feather-based thermal packaging material for temperature-sensitive deliveries. For his work, Ryan has been recognised by being featured in the Forbes 30 Under 30 Europe list for social entrepreneurs and is also an Echoing Green Climate Fellow from 2017. So Ryan, perhaps you could kick us off by telling us about yourself, about Aeropowder and how Plumo came to be. Hi Tom, it felt like a very uh, thorough introduction. I almost feel like there's nothing else left to say. No, no, I'm joking. Um, thank you so much for welcoming me onto the podcast. Uh, and yeah, I, I mean, a bit more about my background. I I didn't start out thinking about feathers. Um, that's uh, <laughs> very few people probably do. Um, but with myself and my co-founder, I think like many other people, we're very concerned about uh, the waste that's being generated in society and uh, the future of sort of climate change and what we can do to play our part. And we turned our attention to a kind of less commonly known waste material that are surplus feathers that are generated in you know huge quantities all around the world by the global poultry industry. And we thought, uh, they're an amazing natural material and surely they can be used uh, for many things. Uh, and the first thing we've turned our attention to is is sustainable thermal packaging. So using the power of feathers to keep uh, food deliveries nice and chilled uh, during transport. Brilliant. I mean, what an amazing idea. And, and having seen this, I, I can attest that this really is something. And Ryan, what, what does the product look like? You know, if I, if I was to open a, a box of, let's say, I don't know, you know, a, a hot takeaway and it contained plumo what am i looking at yeah well th- thankfully it, it, you won't be uh you know the feathers will just be the packaging around the outside <laughs> you'll still be able to enjoy a delicious meal uh so it forms a sort of soft uh almost like textile uh material and you'll pl- place two of these sort of plumo rectangles uh inside your delivery box um and it will line the outsides and that's a thermal barrier so it will it's actually been designed to replace materials like expanded polystyrene that you kind of commonly known as uh, you know, the insulators, styrofoam type materials. Uh, so yeah, it will, it will be like a barrier on the outside, and hopefully, um, you know, it will do its job, keep your food um, insulated, uh, and be better for the environment, um, both in its creation and, and disposal. Oh, brilliant! Thank you. And where do these waste feathers come from? You know, it, it, I've never thought about waste feathers before, but presumably, this is a, a problem that does need solving. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, again, full disclosure, wasn't one up until a few years ago I'd thought about either. Um, so, yeah, as we know, you know, chicken is a very popular meat all around the world. Um, feathers, they, they do have feathers and they've got to go somewhere. And at the moment, a vast majority of it is converted into a, a low grade animal feed. Uh, it is it is a waste issue. It's, it's deemed a byproduct. But, you know, if you don't get rid of it from the factory, uh, production will halt. So we're looking to intercept that material um, at mass scale, you know, millions of tons of it all around the world. Um, 
and and convert it into materials like packaging or, or some of our other kind of kooky and innovative um, products that will come down the pipeline later on. Um, so th- this year will be available, you know, globally. Many different countries around the world um, have even contacted us and said, hey, we've, we've got these feathers. Can we do anything with them? Uh, I'd love to say yes immediately. We're just not quite at that stage just yet. Amazing. So that, that's where the scale is going to come in. And I, I almost don't want to ask, but what currently happens to the waste feathers? Yeah. So be, when they're converted to this sort of low grade animal feed it's called feather meal uh, you unfortunately just cook it under steam and pressure into this very well uh, let's just say it's a good thing we're on a podcast because if i opened a jar of it in front of my laptop here and you on the other side of the room uh, i think everyone would leave quite quickly uh, the listeners would hear a hurried shout sounds of screaming and shouting as we we left the room it really smells terrible it's actually it's a you have to cook it in a certain way that to make the protein accessible as an animal feed, you do sort of destroy the protein in the process. Um, it's it's not a great solution. Uh, it's kind of used as a bulking agent. Um, even the industry kind of doesn't really want to deal with it. So that's what's going on with it at the moment. Um, but we think, yeah, it, feathers are an amazing material already. Um, you look at their structure, their properties. We shouldn't really be just converting it into this animal feed. We should be doing something better with it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As as we are recording this over lunchtime, I'm glad that we're just doing this with audio. Um, and what is it about feathers that make them so attractive for this thermal packaging? Yeah, there's um, definitely, you know, their structure and composition. Uh, feathers are made out of keratin. So we normally think of keratin as in our sort of hair and our nails, uh, but it's the same material that's also found in feathers. But feathers are a unique form of it. Um, it's kind of a different structural shape that means it forms um, hollow fibers. And these hollow fibers uh, are what gives you know a, a feather its insulating sort of capacity as well as the sort of branching structure of its nature. So when you trap a lot of air, you can insulate, um, you know, use it as an insulation material. So that's where feathers uh, are fantastic. And that's how we kind of harness their properties uh, and repurpose them and put them into our Plumo packaging liners. Wow, brilliant. Okay, so keratin is the key. And we talk a lot about cir- the circular economy here at Oxwash. Um, and I think Plumo is really hitting that nail on the head, you know, taking a waste product that would otherwise be disregarded, disposed of, um, and adding value to it. So, you know, it, it really is the circular economy in its purest form. Um, one question I had was, what happens to the packaging after it's used? You know, is there is there a further circularization further down the line? Yep, yeah, yep. And and it's we're conscious, you know, of the fact we are still making a packaging material. So that's a question that does need answering. Um, so we've got a couple of, I guess, lines of, of thought along this. First of all, we, we want to explore a take back system. And I know this is a common sort of buzzword. Um, you know essentially how do we get the plumo liners back how do we repurpose them and you know put them out for use again because the insulation performance isn't going to degrade after you know a a few deliveries even um and for that we we it's basically a logistics question so can end users put enough plumo liners back in a box and can we get that back to us could there be collection points and it's a it's kind of a solution that you know, we're definitely going to work on ourselves, but it's one that as a wider, let's say, community of, um, you know, just supply chain uh, businesses, 
Um, is that one we can solve together? I, I, I'm not entirely sure that we can completely turn the take back system up on its head and, and energize it just using our feathers. It's a collective effort because I know that a lot of other businesses and sort of solutions um, would love that system to be in place. So that's something we're keeping an eye on. And obviously we're working on sort of the technical aspects of that. Um, and equally, you know, we've designed the material. Uh, we're looking for it to be compostable. Feathers are, uh, you know, a, a natural material. Uh, and with that comes the additional recognize, you know, recognition that, you know, does everyone have access to composting facilities? And that's not always the case. Um, but it's something we're still, you know, exploring and, and, and trying to understand. And, and how do we make Plumo the most uh, sort of accessible for that um, disposal route as it can be? Great. Thanks, Ryan. Um, and before we get into the sort of the wider issues around around the business, um, you know, we, the way we first connected was actually around the washing of feathers. So perhaps you could tell us a bit about the the current state of affairs of, you know, these these feathers get plucked out of these uh, poor unsuspecting chickens. What needs to happen before they're ready to be used in this thermal packaging? Yeah, sure. So so you know, there's, it's it's kind of a question that's also quite relevant to a lot of um, probably other circular businesses and, and let's say waste recovery um, uh, organizations, you know, you end up with this raw material and you need to make sure it gets into a state in which it can be sort of processed and used for your, your downstream sort of manufacturing um, requirements. So for us, that means sterilization, it means um, removing fats and oils, um and other contaminants and that's where you know we, we reached out uh to multiple people including oxwash just saying hey we're not experts at washing here but there's quite a cool kind of problem we're trying to solve here if we if we unlock the ability to wash let's say chicken feathers at grand scale this creates an entirely new value chain um a, a new one all around the world based on these feathers um that can enable you know plumo or other products to be made locally um, using sustainable materials um, uh, and that's kind of our goal and and we couldn't really do it without this washing step so yeah that's where we're at and we're trying to uh, we're trying to combine what we call the status quo which is let's say optimizations of conventional washing technologies that might be found in let's say the bedding or duvet industry um, and then you know what else can we look at in terms of and we, we've deemed them moonshot technologies, you know, the kind of stuff that feels like you're putting someone on the surface of Mars, um, at least for us anyway. So it's combining, you know, cutting edge washing technologies with uh, feather washing uh, and putting together these two worlds where, you know, without us, maybe they would never have met. And I, I guess that's kind of like this podcast, you know, without feathers, maybe maybe we'd never, um, I would have never met you, you Tom, or Oxwash. So uh I think that's uh, part of the magic of of what we're doing here is combining, you know, uh, um, industries and areas that maybe don't come together too often and just saying this is a new opportunity here and, and what can we do with it? Well, well said indeed. You know, I think we all have a have an understanding that collaboration is key in the in the, the global fight against the climate emergency. So really well, well said. Um, Ryan, I understand that you've recently moved into a new um, laboratory or, or lab or shipping container. Um, I was very excited to see some photos of. Maybe you could tell us about a little bit about that. It's a bit. It's, it's, it's all of those things and more. It's a lab. It's a shipping <laughs> container. It's also an office, 
And recently, it's been the site of a small leak, which stopped work. Oh, but, no. Uh, no, no it's, I'm um, sorry to hear that. Yeah, so, you know, look, we're a uh, still an early stage startup, and we've come from a background, you know, I, I do have a scientific background in training. My co-founder had one in uh, sort of innovation and design. Um, but there's a lot of core chemistry that we need to work on uh, with our product and the washing processes. Um that A, isn't our direct background, and B, we don't have the facilities for, at least up until recently. So we've moved into a, a, a location in West London called OpenCell, and it, it's been great because I think it's this this site has recognized that there's there are startups out there that need sort of their own little space to get up and started in and to scurry away and, and work on their problems. Um, we looked at sort of, sh- let's say, more regular shared almost like university style uh, laboratory um, facilities, great in their own way. But um, sometimes when you just want to, as I say, get, sort of get down and dirty on your own business, having your own sort of private area is quite important as well. Um, so that's where we're based. And they're, they're in these little shipping containers, which are quite, um, well, let's say, uh, elaborately colored, bright pink on the outside. But on the inside, you know, we've, we've got an area dedicated to feather washing, we've got an area dedicated to product development. And I've... Um, I've, I've, I've bundled in a few desks there from for occasionally thinking, you know, we've actually got to sit down and write things up from time to time. But um, yeah, it's, it's been great. And I, and actually it's around the corner from you guys. So we're, we're Battersea, your Battersea location. So I'm hoping that we can uh, jump over with, with some feathers from time to time. Absolutely. Well, as soon as the government guidelines allow, I would love to come and have a visit. You know, the idea of a, a lab in a shipping container, that is, that is my jam. So um, looking forward to coming and visiting. Uh, Ryan, I saw one article that mentioned that another potential avenue for aero powder and plumo is in with, within the automotive industry. You know, so that's, that's quite a jump from, um, you know, hot food packaging to, to cars. But that, could you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think, you know, where we're coming this at this from is, and it's perhaps where there's a slight differentiation in terms of, you know, what what we're doing as as a as a company with some of the other thermal packaging sort of solutions out there, we're, we're very much, how do you put it? Feathers, feathers first, feathers and innovation first. And, you know, Plumo as a sustainable thermal packaging material is our first bite at the cherry, uh, so to speak. Um, but there are so many other applications we think feathers could be useful for. It's a extremely strong, lightweight, natural fiber. And these types of materials are, you know, very, um, uh, important in the other industries like the automotive world, you know, you need to keep your vehicles lightweight for fuel efficiency reasons. You need the strength, and and increasingly they have mandates to be using sort of sustainable materials throughout the sort of components of a vehicle. So that's where that link, you know, is it, it, quite strong. Um, definitely a lot more regulation and and sort of um, hoops to jump through to get there which is why we're kind of kind of you know starting with packaging it's a bit easier to get into as a business and all the learnings we'll gain from from plumo you know that will help us um translate that uh you know new products new new materials and and translate that into uh, accessing things like the automotive or or even the construction industry wow i love that so lots of applications feathers first i think that's a brilliant tagline um and I've got to ask, how has your business been affected by the pandemic? Obviously, we're now uh, here in lockdown number three. 
Um, lots of uncertainty, but also a roadmap out. How has Plumo and Aeropowder been impacted? Uh, well, first of all, um, it, we are almost, if you could draw some sort of, I don't know, some some sort of Venn diagrams going on about, you know, COVID, the impacts, uh, and also sort of the, the environmental, ongoing environmental um, challenges the world is facing, Plumo sort of sits slap bang in the middle of everything i mean you're seeing increased food deliveries which means you know things like hot and and chilled packaging you know chilled deliveries like fresh food or ingredients are being sent out now if that's happening um they're going to need thermal um, insulation and and does that mean we're going to be using polystyrene or styrofoam the answer kind of has to be no now but if those industries are growing you know what's being used and the reality is there needs to be sustainable. There, there needs to be a sustainable set of solutions, and and Plumo can be part of that, and it can be part of rebuilding the economy and finding new um, value chains and business areas. Um, you know, using waste. So not as if only is it fighting plastic, but it's helping towards moving us towards a circular economy. Um, and, and yeah, I just, I just, I cannot find a better sort of just the way it sits in the middle of everything is it's both you know it's a great thing for us as a business and also you know the fact it is even needed so so strongly is also quite frightening um and in terms of some sort of practical things uh we actually are still you know in an early stage we're at we've got manufacturing partners and they're based actually in denmark which is another fantastic uh, and sort of sustainable country um but that was the manufacturing was definitely impacted by the pandemic you know no traveling we are still in the midst of upgrading our production sort of process to be automated so frustratingly we saw a lot of interest come our way for our products and our and what we can do um but we just couldn't supply that because yeah, we, we the, the pandemic kind of shut everything down but uh we're about to get back on our feet which is um i'm, I'm really looking forward to the rest of 2021 but i've just actually glanced at the the calendar and notice we're already a quarter through it which is madness but yeah the rest of the year is going to be very exciting wow a quarter of the way through 2021 already who would have thought it i've got that venn diagram in my head and it's you know it's a very clear visual image it's it's brilliant to hear that that you, you and plumo are a position to solve such a real real world pressing problem that has been exacerbated by the pandemic um ryan i read a quote from your co-founder eleanor who said if you used all of the feathers in Europe, you could create 5 billion parcels per year. You know, those are some some very impressive and very bold numbers. And I know we've already slightly touched upon this, but but really, what does the future look like for Plumo in, let's say, five years time? Uh, in five years time, hopefully I've, um, well, I've got a bit, more, <laughs> I've managed to get a few more team members on and we've spread the workload out. I'd, but, you know, it, it, if we're there, what I actually imagine is we've probably showcased how Plumo and, and, and you know, the feather sort of, let's call it this, this feather value chain has been established, probably with a dedicated facility somewhere. Uh, and we're still deciding where's best for that. But equally, you know, we're, we're not we're not trying to be manufacturers, you know, through and through. We're actually trying to, as we say, to sort of put the feathers first. So by that stage, I'm hoping that we will have started to license our technology and our processes out and we're enabling this local production of sustainable materials to happen anywhere in the world 
wherever there are feathers. And that's the impact we want to have. We'd, we would love to be seeing, uh, you know, plastics being um, relegated to the past thanks to feathers. And, you know, as more packaging or plumos being produced, um, and that's kind of taking care of itself, we'll be away back in the lab, maybe still even in shipping containers, hopefully much larger ones. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, we'll be working on what's next and testing it and, and, and proving it and moving on to, uh, you know, the next application for feathers. Uh, that's the dream. That's the dream indeed. Well, you know, a, a clear, bold entrepreneur, you know, huge dreams, but with a very kind of measured way of how do we get from A to B to C? So yeah, thanks, Ryan. Um, and then, you know, in terms of that five-year plan, what are the, you know, what's your biggest challenge? What are the things that keep you up at night, you know, fretting over thinking, okay, if we can crack this one nut, then then, then we're going to make some real progress in this challenge. Oh, so many things probably probably shouldn't be drinking so much coffee just before bed either but um no i i i think i've got a very clear practical plan for the next let's say year it's just kind of about execution and scale i think there are some unknowns especially just for me personally as a as a founder about you know i i think one of the things is is growing a team i feel like all the best plans in the world will probably you know uh not quite go the way you you plan it if if the wrong team members and the wrong team dynamics are there and that's something i've personally got to work through but in terms of the company i really think and i, and I know this is this might sound cheesy because we, i'm talking to you on, on your podcast but i think the feather washing is so critical um i think it's solvable i think it's just something that you know people haven't worked on before there's been no need to do it uh, i think we, we've mentioned this before a lot of kind of the washing the washing world is quite legacy in the way that it's been doing things. Um, it's worked before, it's working well, incremental upgrades here and there. But um, we really want to change the game when it comes to feather washing. And, um, it, you know, there are certain almost rules of physics and whatever you're going to call it that you can't overcome quite so easily. But um, that's where I think, uh, you know, put, putting together some some expert minds and really trying to think outside of the box which is something we pride ourselves in, um, can help us, you know, absolutely change the game when it comes to feathers. And and it's not actually, well, I say feathers first, but it's definitely not feathers last because there are so many other, I think, materials out there, probably that we don't have the time to look at, um, but we'd love to be the inspiration for. And, and, you know, some people ask us, what's the impact? Uh, and I think if we crack the feather washing and really show what can be done, I'd love to say, uh, I'm sorry, see that, you know, other people around the world look at this and look at Plumo, look at Aero Powder and go, okay, we could do this with this material we have here. And, you know, that knock-on effect, hard to measure, but I'd love to think that we could have a a further positive impact on the world, kind of pushing everyone forward towards the circular economy. Oh, brilliant. And I think that's a really admirable perspective, not only to be thinking about, you know, what, what what are you working on with your own own business model but you know how can that influence and inspire other entrepreneurs other businesses maybe even other corporations out there to move towards what is really an essential circular economy um ryan i think one of my last questions is well more congratulations really on your your recent crowdfunding round with crowdcube um you know i've been i've been following you with uh, admiration and perhaps you could tell us a bit about that process and what it was like to to raise money through the crowd yeah um well it's it's we've 
kept ourselves afloat over the years through various awards and grants. But, you know, the time had come to kind of accelerate further, you know, scale. And that meant, you know, seed funds uh, needed to be raised. Um, I think, you know, many people that probably listen to this recognize that over the the last year, you know, raising funding hasn't quite, you know, been as easy as it perhaps was a few years ago. Um, but what we looked for in terms of crowdfunding was, you know, there's there's just so there are so many upsides to reaching out to a crowd of supporters and saying, hey, this is where we're at. We're being very honest and open. And would would you like to be part of this journey moving forward? And as a result of that, we've you know not only managed to raise the funding, which has been fantastic, um, but we found a few opportunities have come our way that definitely would would never have happened uh, if we'd kind of raised through you know a private uh, impact fund or we'd um, you know gone through sort of private in, you know, angel investors. So, for example, we found a few investors that initially wanted to buy the product and now are investors and want to say you know we believe in you guys we think this is great we're the use case for this and uh, you know we'd love to be first in line uh, for purchasing so you know that helps with sales and we've also had interest from industry partners who kind of picked up the phone and said well we see you guys are doing really well um, how can we be involved in the future um, you know and it just accelerates those sort of conversations so Massive, massive um, sort of thumbs up from me in terms of crowdfunding and, and the benefits it can bring sort of beyond uh, uh, the cash itself, which is which is never bad, obviously. Well, obviously. Oh, brilliant. So so benefits. OK, so industry partners, um, people wanting to buy the product. Really? Wow. That, that, that is definitely a tick in the crowdfunding box. And I've heard that it's an awful lot of work, um, you know, lots of emails, lots of answering questions. How, how did you find that part of the experience? So um, it, there's a bit of work for sure, um, but I would say, actually, the reality is if you are already sort of preparing pitch decks and you're already talking to investors, you're quite used to the sort of type of work that's involved. Um, yes, you know, you had to answer updates. There were definitely, uh, uh, you had, you know, investors or, or potential investors asking all manner of questions. And again, you've you've kind of answered them all before. Uh, you get to a stage after pitching so many times that it it you know you've you've heard most of most of the things. Where where that was also helpful though was because you kind of answer you know someone asks you hey where do you get the feathers or they ask you hey what have you thought about um, you know some aspect of the packaging. Once you've answered that once, it's actually quite nice to know that other people can read that answer. And you sort of save yourself the pain of, of of saying the same things over and over and over again. Um, so yeah, that 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 wasn't too bad. And what I found, actually thought was, and I, I something I try and do with, um, kind of all the 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 outreach I guess I do, be it you know my my posts on LinkedIn or or putting updates on the crowdfunding is, I say to myself, would would I actually be interested in what I am saying? Is there any, am I putting my own personality here in an interesting way? So I kind of used it as a way to sort of, yeah, I guess engage with our set of uh, of investors and, and kind of put myself out there a bit and say, hey, this is kind of, you know, who I am and who we are as a company. Um, we'd love to get to know everyone better and we hope that we don't bore you to death and we also think our business is is credible so i think i did a, a good enough job and that that kept it from also being quite monotonous for me as well so uh, yeah that's that's kind of how i felt it 
That's it. And, uh, you know, and I think that's something that I can, I can confidently say you do exceptionally well. You know, your, your posts are both informative, they're both engaging um, and entertaining. So for anybody that doesn't yet follow Ryan on LinkedIn or any of the other platforms, I would highly recommend it if you'd look, yeah, like some, some interesting content around the circular economy. Well, Ryan, I think that's all we've got time for on this episode. Um, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk about Aeropowder, about Plumo, and about your, um, quite frankly, revolutionary approach to the circular economy. So thank you very much indeed for joining us. Thanks, Tom. And I will absolutely pop down, probably with feathers, maybe with some you know, clothes that are piling up. Um, but I'll, I'm sure I'll see you sooner rather than later. Thanks so much. Perfect. Thanks, Ryan. I look forward to seeing you.